0: This, this, this is the Drive and Dish Podcast. There, there's the Drive and
2: Dish. Quick, click. Welcome to your cold moment, my friend.
0: To start it off, it's Kevin Rayfuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. Bingo! 2, 1, 2, one 2 mic check.
1: I, th- I think this is a great way to start the show. I saw this on Reddit, NBA Reddit, by uh, Jeffert. 89 he asked what's worse blowing a 3-1 lead or blowing a 25 point lead in the fourth quarter of game seven
2: yeah wait 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 we're gonna we're just gonna start slandering atlanta like this huh right off the rip why are we doing this why are we doing this to atlanta They (laughs) they don't deserve this
1: it's just hey i saw it up there
2: which which is worse Oh, the Falcons game is the worst sporting thing I've ever seen. I mean, the mm-hmm. 3-1, it's like the 3-1 has happened in in multiple sports and multiple times. Like, it stinks a lot, mm-hmm. but at least, like, I, I don't know. 3-1, it's happened so many times. That Falcons Super Bowl game, like, I, oh, my, I, I still we'll see highlights from that game and just can't believe they found a way to lose that game. It is remarkably, it's not the worst thing in sport. Like the the worst thing for me still is um, the Bills losing four straight Super Bowls. The Bills, or or Super Bowls in the 90s, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that is the most just cruel and unusual thing of all time. To lose four straight championships in a row, I I can't even imagine. But that 28-3 to lead is to the the Falcons, especially because it's it's double cruel because also, obviously, the Falcons have never won a Super Bowl. So that would have been the first I mean, and then the Eagles the next year, like, you know me, I'm a huge Eagles fan. They won the Super Bowl next year. and We got our first championships. Like, I remember how awesome that felt, too. And, I mean, that, for me, that's probably the best. I mean, no, probably. That's the best sporting event for me personally in my life, Um, the best I've ever felt after sports. I, I mean, that Falcons loss was just, It was twisting the dagger. Like, I I can't think of a much crueler way. And because they were just on the edge of winning it. So, like, in spite of all that, if they had just run the ball three times on that one drive, they could have kicked a field goal and been up 10 with like four minutes left. Mm -hmm. Even if they tried to choke it, it probably holds. And it's just enough.
1: Well, and so (sighs) I think. Specifically, the Warriors' 3 1 lead might be worse just because it was so expected for them to just not have a problem and win the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, the team was such a a dominant team that I don't think anybody really thought there was any chance for LeBron and the Lakers, LeBron and the Cavs to do something crazy like that. So, Mm -hmm. so, because, like, and maybe I don't remember it correctly, but I feel like the the Patriots Falcons game, there were a lot of people that thought the Patriots were gonna win it regardless. So like Yeah, the Falcons were great and yes, they were up, but at the end of the day going into that game, I would love to have seen what the um the Vegas odds were like before the game started, um, mm-hmm. and where like the money line was or, or the, the spread was or something like that, you know? Because I think I would be willing to bet because of Tom Brady people kind of thought that it was going to be that way. Whereas I think a a similar way to see it would be if it were like Tom Brady on a team of like nobodies going up against the Falcons and then doing that amazing comeback.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean that Super Bowl – I mean, obviously the Patriots will be the favorites. Like anytime you had Tom Brady and Bill right. Belichick, you were going to be the favorites. They had won the Super Bowl recently, too. It wasn't even like there was because there was that gap between the Patriots won the three Super Bowls early in the 2000s. And then they lost the two to the Giants. So there was that big gap in between when they won Super Bowls. But then mm-hmm. they beat Seattle in 14 um, and then obviously beaten the Falcons that year. I mean, I don't know like that, but there were people picking the Falcons in that game. Like the Falcons were a good team that year. The Falcons were the better team for 90% of that game. That's why it's so cruel that they lost that game is that they just, how they completely let them off the hook like that. The Warriors were supposed to be the Cavs that year, obviously having 173 games. They were the best team in the NBA. They would have been the best team of all time had they finished that job off. But the team they were playing also LeBron James, like I think it's one of those things where it the Warriors were the heavy favorites, but it wasn't like when they had KD or even the year before, like once the Cavs the year before in 15 had lost Kevin Love and Kyrie, you knew the Warriors were likely going to win that series. They were the better team at that point. When the Warriors got KD for the next two years, you knew they were the better team. It didn't matter how good the Cavs were, even with LeBron. Um, I mean, it was an incredible, like it was an upset in 16 for sure. I don't feel like, the pat—I mean, the Patriots beating the Falcons wasn't an upset to me. That was just—it was just shocking the way it happened. It was—it was an upset in the sense that they were losing twenty-eight to three in the third quarter and then still found yeah. a way to come back and win that game. Like that's extremely improbable. It's probably the most improbable comeback in NFL history. Where I, I think that NBA comeback is the most improbable ever too. But the Cavs were the clear underdogs, even with LeBron going into that series, where I don't think the Patriots were anything remotely going the underdogs into that Super Bowl.
1: That's fair. Starting it off with some uh with some fun NBA NFL slander um for our non-NBA topic warm-up jumper. I'm gonna give you the option, okay? Okay. Um, do you want to talk about GameStop's TikTok challenge or or <laughs> A throwback (laughs) show that's on Amazon Prime that um, I'm pretty sure everybody had watched at some point in their
2: life. So I actually know both of these because I saw your Insta story and I okay. didn't know what the second one was going to be. I I I've actually have seen the GameStop story. Let's start with the good, I guess, because I, I feel like we can hit both of these quick. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for MXC to be on Amazon Prime. I haven't watched MXC in a long time, but it's, it is just such entertaining, mindless television. It's hilarious. It's so, just so funny.
1: Yeah, we, we watched a few episodes this morning. It is hilarious. Um, I started with like... Um, season six or something like that because I didn't remember when I first started watching it on like Spike TV, I didn't know what mm-hmm. season that was. Um, so I just picked a random season and went for it, and and it lived up to every kind of the hype. It's it, the first episode I, I watched was probably the most famous episode where the guy tries to do the backflip and like lands on his neck, oh. and everyone's just like, Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so, like, is he actually okay?
1: <laughs> um, he got up and did the challenge, he didn't make it through, but
2: you know, yeah, he was moving. Um, the funniest one to me is always the, it's – it'd be the one where – so they have six, like, big pieces of plywood, and you have to run through the doors. Yeah. And, like, two of them are doors, and four of them are just plywood. And What's so if you're running, and if you go through that, the you know, the correct door, you're fine. But if you run into that plywood, like, done. you're just getting wrecked. well There's so, no way around it.
1: And what what I was looking at is a lot of the games that they do on MXC because I do a video game podcast – are a lot like the new Fall Guys game that everybody is playing. Like they're all like these little mini challenges. It's like, yeah. dude, they ripped it, like game for game, if you look at it. And I've so, it yeah, I was like, wow, that's clever. But um, and then and then you know a lot of the younger kids are probably going to be like, well, this looks a lot like Wipeout. I think M X C inspired Wipeout. I totally um,
2: did, one hundred percent.
1: I would also say, I I. It, i only heard like one and again i only watched two episodes some of the jokes gotta remember this is from you know maybe 20 years ago at this point now yeah they're gonna
2: be offensive like they it's comedy yes. from the 90s and 2000s like certain things that you yeah. could get away with back then you can't get away with now like yeah there was just, um not like i'm not gonna go TV. what's that I mean, it's just what happens when you watch yeah. old TV. Like I'm not saying that's I'm not like shooting at bail or right. anything like that, but it's also just like you, you well, just kinda know the era.
1: And the whole thing is it's it's like um do you remember what was the movie Kung Pao where they're essentially just audio like
2: voicing audio over the Oh yeah, the um yeah, the uh, that was that was kind of I feel like I haven't man, I saw clips of that movie. I haven't seen that in so long. I feel like it came out when we were middle school. And
1: I loved it when I first watched it. I'm worried I won't if I watch it again. So I'm like kind of staying away from it, but yeah. So that that's on um, that's on um, Amazon Prime. Definitely worth checking out if you're trying to just binge on some stuff for a little bit. Um, and then the GameStop one, which we can end here with.
2: Is, oh, do you I got see some. This? I got some heat. I'm ready. Yeah, this. Is, I'll let you read the article for people who aren't familiar with this because I got some heat. This is gar. This is high. I'm, this is garbage. Um, GameStop is trash, bro. Well, I'm just gonna start it with this.
1: It first. Pers- first off. Because of GameStop's whole, like, return policy, this doesn't surprise me that their prize would be this bad. Um, GameStop put out a challenge to their employees, specifically the managers. And what they did was you would do a TikTok challenge. You had to do the, um, it was hashtag red, red wine challenge. It was essentially the song Red, Red Wine, but there was, like, a techno remix tour, towards the end of the song that you're supposed to like dance to. Mm -hmm. And so um, what the winner would get is a few things here and there, but the one everyone kind of harped on is they would get 10 extra hours, like work hours of overtime on Black Friday. So essentially if you won, you got to work 10 extra hours on Black Friday. And if you think about it, that's a decent amount of money because you're probably getting time and a half. You're probably getting paid more. It's by Friday. Like I get that, but do you want to win something and have to work more
2: like that? No, it's garbage. Horrible. It's just garbage. It's garbage. How you treat people. Like that's not how you mm-hmm. treat your, you literally have your employees who, and first off, this is GameStop. This is the company that earlier in the pandemic tried to classify themselves as an essential business so that they could keep their stores open and, and put their employees at risk. And we had no idea what anything about this pandemic was doing, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous in itself. Uh, Number one, Uh, number two, you really, you're—I mean—you're literally having people go out and dance for extra hours so that they can do the work that they are going to have to do anyway, because the stores don't shut down. As GameStop has been notorious for limiting hours and making these managers just work and work with less and laying yep. people off left and right and closing stores. This is garbage. This is a garbage company. It's a garbage business. And I hope they fail. Like, I don't want people to get laid off, but like, this is dis- this is so disgustingly out of touch in a pandemic. With like, it's not even just like, oh, we're giving you money. No, we're gonna make you work for it on top of that. So not only do you have to do the challenge and essentially demean yourself here to get extra hours, like you still have to work to get that extra money. You're not just doing that the extra work anyway. So no, this is hiking trash. Whoever pitched this at GameStop hit the streets. Take a hike, bro or woman or hike everyone.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It was a it was a horrible challenge, and honestly. I enjoy TikTok. I don't enjoy it for the dancing challenges. I like to use it more like I used to use Vine. I just watch the funny ones and laugh or I watch like yeah. video game clips.
2: Yeah, like TikTok is is good for what it is. Like mm-hmm. TikTok is if you want to dance on TikTok, if you want to cook on TikTok, if you want to play video games, do whatever like I'm I'm not gonna hate on anybody. Like like you said, TikTok gives me major vine vibes. I don't have any um I don't have a TikTok. I don't make TikToks. I see plenty of funny ones that go viral. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like I'm not really gonna hate on anybody doing it, but it, it's demeaning. It's demeaning to make people dance for extra hours. Mm-hmm. Like that's just it's such a ridiculously cruel concept. Yeah, like think about that. Like you're gonna make people do for 10 extra hours like and not just give the money like you're gonna profit off this tiktok probably you're gonna go viral you're gonna get everything that's associated with that and then you're still gonna make people work during the busiest part of retail in a pandemic
1: i think um this
2: is garbage it's just garbage
1: i think the highest video that they had in the challenge i was looking at that the the hashtag the other day to see i think one had like thirty-one thousand views which was probably the most. So, congratulations to that person. Although GameStop took the challenge down after everyone kind of ripped on them for it, so I don't know if it's still a thing. But um, either way, that's that's that. Um,
2: it's just gross. I just yeah. don't like gross behavior like that. Like that. That's really, really. It's just demeaning. Like it's demeaning to people who, again, a lot of these GameStop employees now the stores are back open. Like you're putting your health on the line. In a pandemic where we still don't have a vaccine um it's not really an essential business like there are plenty of other ways to get like it's 2020 there are plenty of other ways to get video games by now a company that's been notoriously bad to its customers over the years like f GameStop. Mm-hmm. that was if this was a basketball podcast i would literally want to name the episode that trash company welcome to the driving dish nba podcast my name is kevin rayfuse joining me as always my co-host justin kuzart
1: uh, I don't have a tweet today because tweets that are happening are all political. So we're just going <laughs> to avoid that.
2: Yeah. So Joe Biden is the new president of the United States. That happened while, like, literally as we were about to hit the record button. Um, the election was earlier in this week. This is Saturday that we're recording this. We're back on our weekend regular schedule. Um, now that the season's over, the finals are over, and all that. Um, you know, Pennsylvania was the city that flipped it over or or that flipped it essentially and what made it final um there's still a possibility that that biden wins in georgia and in arizona which some networks have already called fox news and ap have already called arizona um nevada as well is still out there north carolina is out there as well it does look like trump is going to win north carolina um and so is alaska some for some reason which like alaska votes republican in every election it's just like really like are you guys not counted yet like what are we waiting for here in alaska well it was
1: one of those things like while we're going through and i know i I, we don't want to get into politics i I get it we'll we'll move along but um with all the memes that were going around of just like they were playing the songs of people counting slowly and making fun of the states that were taking too long but it was like it's one of those things is like we laugh because we're
2: we're embarrassed (laughs) Oh my God. LeBron just tweeted a Photoshopped picture of him doing the block on Iggy with Biden on Trump. Oh Oh my my God. God. I just came across, this is all just coming across (laughs) my feed now. Like this is in real time. Um, what else is going Um, on? There was something else about politics that, uh, the election is still counting anyway. Um, but yeah, Pennsylvania. Oh, this is what it was. I got sent the meme of Iverson stepping over Trump at least nine times yesterday yeah. at least and I was just like and I just was cracking up I was just like I'm glad that I have a brand and that we're all sticking to this everyone knows um, the brand yeah I'm I'm, I'm glad the brand is strong at least but uh yeah a little bit a little bit of history there. history for Biden too because this is actually uh the same exact day that he got elected to the senate back in 1972 wow. so uh quite a run Interesting.
1: All right. Well, let's go. Um, Harris
2: as well, too. Uh, first, black, uh, first black female president in United States yep. history. So,
1: well, let's um,
2: president, I should say. Excuse me.
1: transition over to some other breaking news that um, we're going to get into in a little bit, obviously, with the, um, the season for next season. And uh, let's talk about some of the coaching changes. Um, but first, we do like to remind you that leaving a review helps us out a ton. It uh, makes us show up to other people looking for basketball podcasts. So if you have a chance to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever streaming platform you are on, uh, we would Mm -hmm. greatly appreciate it. And be sure to let us know if you uh, write a review, and we'll be sure to shout you out on the show.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh good or bad, if you're not an Apple user, of course we are everywhere that you can find a podcast on your phone or on your computer or on your console. Maybe you're listening, maybe you're playing some video games there. Uh Amazon uh Music, Google Play Store, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn, Player FM, mm-hmm. uh you name it, we are
1: there. And uh shout out to lineups.com for the sponsor, uh, they host the podcast. You can always check out their website for sports, stats, and information with a cool um, fantasy vibe to it. Head to lineups.com. You can check that out. And you can also check out their YouTube page with all of the podcasts um, on their platform with a video version. Head to lineups.com on YouTube.
2: Yeah, seriously, get that early prep and basketball's coming back a lot sooner than we thought. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind
0: chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
0: Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event where you can get great deals on all of our Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: Got a comment on the show? Or do you want to be on the show? You can't. Just give us a call on our Google voice number and leave us a voicemail. 904-580-6295. We'll play your calls on the next episode. We put the number on every social media post on Facebook and on Twitter. So follow us at Drive and Dish NBA. Yeah, basketball. Coming back real fast. Um, real fast. Real, real like, fast. Like, heads up, LeBron and 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 companies only getting like a month. Um, so, yeah, Woj put that out, and the um, NBA players and the association agreed. Uh, actually, was it last night for us? Maybe a few days ago. But um, regardless, they agreed to December 22nd, as the start of the 2020-2021 NBA season, it's going to be different. Uh, they're still going to have the the fun little play-in tournament thing that I think we enjoyed from last year's bubble. Uh, going to mm-hmm. have 72 games, so not the the normal amount. I think a big part of this, from what Woj was tweeting about, was this is a big thing money-wise for the NBA to get the season started before the new year. Um and I think that's probably per some agreements with advertising and money stuff like that. Probably thinks way above my pay grade, but um, yeah, that's essentially the plan. Seems very soon. I mean, like you know, draft coming up. Free agency is going to be short as hell. I know they're talking about trying to extend it. I think uh, the eighteenth was uh, a date I saw thrown around there a little bit for for the um, free agency because you've got a lot of guys who might be on the move and it, it could make for a very <laughs> fast transition day. There might just be one day where it's like, Oh, everybody's moving, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really going to be the craziest thing right off the rip is like, I mean, we're, so we're a couple weeks, we're about two weeks away from the draft. So we have that still coming up, which I mean, so we have the draft. I think the draft is November 20th and it's either the 20th or the 22nd. Let me actually pull that up uh, real quick. Um But we're talking a month from that. We've got the season. Oh, so the draft is November 18th. So we are 11 days away from recording this from the draft. And that's obviously what we're going to be talking about a lot next episode. So spoiler alert, if you're looking for draft talk, this isn't the episode. Um, Wait seven more days. (laughs) Yeah. So we have that. And then, like you said, that free agency, I mean, I didn't think it could get much crazier than last year. Like I remember just, it was like off. It was like on your marks and we were off to the races But you're going to have a massive whirlwind of transactions going down here in just a couple of days. Because, I mean, that's the thing is, like, guys have got to get to their new teams. I mean, depending on how long-term the deal is, we're talking about buying and selling houses. We're talking about, you know, getting across the country, moving families in a pandemic. Again, by the way, always comes back to that. But in a pandemic as well, um, you know, this is, I mean, let alone get acquainted and go through training camp and all that. I mean, we're talking about training camp. I mean, if the draft's the 18th, it feels like by December 2nd, December 3rd, these teams could already be in training camp and get mm-hmm. ready to go. If we're tipping off on the 22nd. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the thing is, is I wonder how many teams hesitate to trade for a player, potentially because they wonder if it'll mess with the chemistry and take too long for them to, you know, um, get that together for – for the team and maybe that could end up ru- ruining the
2: season you know mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean absolutely it, it, there's so many little things because i mean we already saw lebron put the bomb face emoji on his instagram story when he saw his official mm-hmm. um so we talked about this a bit last week but i think load management is obviously going to be a thing especially early on um for teams that went late like i'm interested I know Miami's guys are a little bit younger with Hero and with um, with Bam, obviously, but you know for somebody like Jimmy Butler, I mean, we saw we saw how exhausted Jimmy Butler was at the end of that um, at the end of that tournament um, for Boston, for Denver, for teams that were just in the bubble longer. Mm -hmm. You wonder where, you know, look at a guy like Kemba Walker, for example, on Boston. You wonder how much time he takes necessarily if he doesn't take some of those early games off. The good news, I think, for the NBA is that because it's a 72-game season, you can afford to tinker a little bit. Like, this isn't going to be a sprint where, you know, we're not in this 40-game race to the finish where every game matters and you really can't take them off. Um, I do think early on especially that will, you know, Teams will have to factor that in. The other reality too is I, I think it's nice that 72 games and longer because they're gonna have to potentially be flexible. Like the reality is is that if they're traveling, if they're not going in the bubble, which is what it is gonna happen for this upcoming season, likely a game will get canceled because of coronavirus at yeah. some point. Like we've seen it in the NFL, we've seen it in the MLB, and these teams have had to, I mean, with football especially, I, I really got there was a point where I was like, I didn't know if it was actually gonna be able to complete the season and, and pull this off. Um, I, I think with the NBA, they're just going to have to be able to get creative. And, and I'm sure they're going to be working this out with the players association. Clearly everybody's gonna have to be on board with this, but, um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like the bubble season. It's not going to be like your normal NBA season.
1: It got me thinking, who do you think this benefits like with it happening up so quick? Could you say it benefits in a way the nuggets because they had so much steam and now they can kind of just like snap a finger and and pick right up where they were where they were you know a month and a half ago mm-hmm. or I think is that the counter argument saying like well, they didn't really get that long of a break?
2: I think the teams that have had the most chemistry and have the least turnover will be the most benefited by this. I also think younger teams you would imagine are inclined to be a little bit you know, I mean, that's the thing with the Lakers. is like the Lakers do have a much older roster. Like, AD is AD. He's still in his prime, so it's less with him. But a lot of their core are older guys. You wonder if they're, you know, that fatigue factor may weigh in. Again, with my mm-hmm. talk about team like Miami, with Jimmy Butler, like, yeah, Jimmy Butler's in his 30s now. Like, that matters. Um, but I also think the advantage that both of those teams have is that there, there aren't any massive turnovers. There could be with Miami, with Goran Dragic potentially being gone. I also, spoiler alert, think Miami is going to just really overpay Goran Dragic next year on a one-year deal. Like I think they're just going to front-load the hell out of it, um, and I think he wants to stay there. So like I fully expect them to just run the same back, run the same squad back next year. Like I don't think they really make their splashy free agent play just yet. Um, but for teams like you know teams like Boston, teams like uh, teams like Dallas, teams like. I mean, teams have played together for the last couple of years. I'm I'm trying to think of others. Um, I mean, there's, there's a bunch in the Western conference. It feels like, um, it, but you know, even with the Raptors to an extent, uh, you know, the, those teams that have had the same rosters for the most part, these guys who have played together for a long time, it feels like it's going to benefit them because they won't just have to integrate everything. They'll be able yeah. to just get right into it.
1: Well, and, and, and I also, you know, I think we talked about this on the last episode when we were debating whether or not a date like this would be worth a restart is, you know, the younger team is potentially benefiting from it as well, like you were saying, and, and you know, just being able to jump right in instead of you got LeBron James who played till the very last game is obviously older and might need some more time to recover. And then, like you were saying, it turns into a whole, you know, they're resting in some games. It's not watchable or it's not as fun to watch. So, well,
2: and you look at a team like Memphis, for example, like let's use Memphis as the example. Memphis's core is all really young. These are guys who are, mm-hmm. you know, in their early 20s with Jaron Jackson, with John Moran, with Brandon Clark, and yada, yada, yada down the list. I feel like this would benefit them. No, I mean, they, obviously getting the experience in the bubble was huge for them, but this is a team where, you know, that youth factor may play in a little bit and they may have their legs mm-hmm. more late in games. That'll be interesting to watch overall when it when it comes up against guys with load management but that but that's a team for example, that I feel like would have a little bit of an advantage in that regard because their core is so much younger.
1: Yeah, I can uh, I can get behind that. So do you think um, because they're going to have obviously Christmas games, what are some of the Christmas games you are kind of hoping they announce?
2: Oh, geez. Um, let's see. Put me on the spot. Um, I mean, the finals rematch feels traditionally like one, though I think people are gonna say, well, you just put the Lakers and the Clippers on Christmas. But it's also kind of mm-hmm. like, yo, Clippers, you didn't earn that last year. Like, I still feel like e- even though that's the matchup I want and obviously want to see, so I'm a little bit of a hypocrite in that regard, but I feel like you should just default to the finals matchup. So give me that. Um if we're doing Eastern Conference, I would love to see Toronto and Boston again. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be a really good matchup. That was a fun series. I would love to see Denver and the Clippers again. That's where I'd like to see the Clippers play, uh, have the 3-1 uh, matchup. Um, other t- I'm sure they're going to put Dallas on in some regard, which they probably should with Luka, um, maybe have them play, uh, you know, a H- uh, I mean, yeah, well, depending. Yeah, Houston. I mean, I want to downplay hard like that but have them play houston have them play warriors if they're healthy with everybody back uh or have them play a young do you team. think have they play Memphis.
1: do you think that yeah do you think they try to do like a uh young oh, and upcoming do, stars game like like um oh they're gonna die like, uh,
2: Zion? Who, who am i yeah. kidding wait a minute why am i not thinking about that yeah, they're gonna do luka zion um mm-hmm. so dallas the Warriors, which i mean would be fun another east game i'm trying to think i mean i feel like maybe give me like sixers in brooklyn or Milwaukee in Brooklyn, something like that. Give me because I feel like Giannis should be on Christmas, and then you know, with KD and Kyrie back, Brooklyn is a, a lot more interesting of a team. Like that should be the first game, the twelve o'clock game, that early one. Um, yeah. And then give me like a Toronto Boston second game. Give me the Lakers Miami as the. Um, give me the Lakers Miami as the third game. Give me Dallas or not Dallas. Um, Denver Clippers as the fourth game. And then give me like let's say Dallas and New Orleans, whoever the young game is, as the final game.
1: Okay, I wonder. I wonder if they'll do that. I think that would be a good, um, good bit. I'm sure there's you know somebody that they feel like we're missing.
2: Um, Well, I want my MLK slate ideally to be the young squads. Like those are the ones where like Christmas is like the prime time. Ready to win now, teams, but MLK is when they should like get creative and, and highlight a lot of the young players and have, you know, that's when you have Atlanta, for example. And I mean, obviously, you should have Atlanta anyway because it's MLK day and given his work there. But I think Atlanta, yeah. that's, you know, give me an Atlanta there. Give me a, um, new, that's where, you know, put New Orleans on again, put a Phoenix on, put a Memphis on, put a even a San Antonio on. Um, you know, I, I want to see kind of teams like that come MLK day. Um, but I mean, 72 games. I mean, and they're going to potentially have players or fans in the stands as well. Like there's definitely the thoughts about this um, or the potential for this as well. So um, uh, Joel Embiid says America trusted the process and it paid (laughs) off. And he quotes, tweeted his tweet from 16 when he says America is tanking. All we can do is trust the process.
1: We um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sixers later, actually, um, with some Decisions that were going on that I don't think we've actually talked about, but um yeah, I guess so. They trusted it more than the Sixers front office did.
2: No, are you kidding? No, th- we're back. I'm, I mean, I don't want to jump into it right away because we got who's balling, who's falling. <laughs> you know, Larry, you know what? It is time for, for who's balling and who's falling on the Drive and Dish podcast. I need to contain my excitement and save it for the next segment. Uh, So balling for me this week, Justin, I've got Nate McMillan. Uh, He's joining Lord Lloyd Pierce's staff here in Atlanta. Um, You know, I, I think that Nate McMillan did a great job in Indy. I think he he'll be really beneficial to help out Lloyd Pierce with that younger squad. I think he's another guy who should eventually probably get a head coaching opportunity. And so, you know, it's good to see him bounce back, though, pretty quickly.
1: Um. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you'd like to see the coaches get back. Although I wonder, you know, um, what the impact will be. And, uh, you know, I know that's like a sort of generic response, but (laughs) that's I mean, you will just have to wait and see what happens. So um, my ball is going to go out to Paul George posting on Instagram. He got engaged to his uh, girlfriend, now fiance. So congratulations to him. All right. Nice. Yeah. You'd like to see that. That's what Instagram's used for, you know.
2: Yeah. I guess so. Um I mean you gotta do something positive in the pandemic, so that's good. PG's had her up here, so I'm glad he's you know kind of ending it on a on a high note there. Mm-hmm. Uh getting engaged. So shout out to PG. Uh all right, fallen for me on a much worse note. Um, you know, rest in peace, Erica Weems. Uh yeah, she's fallen for me this week. Uh she's the sister of Cleveland director of scouting Brandon Weems. Uh she was shot and killed at her home in Akron on Monday. Uh, No arrests so far, no suspects. Um, LeBron tweeted about it. The Cavaliers organization has tweeted about it um, through Kobe Altman. Uh, Just a a really sad story here, though. Um, And hopefully we get some justice there, find whoever, you know, was responsible for this. Yeah, I saw Woj tweeting about
1: that, and I was like, man, that's rough, dude. You know, like, I can't even imagine having, like, I, I guess I could say I'm, I'm, you know, privileged in a way that I've never had to deal with somebody I know getting shot. I hope I never have to. And uh, yeah, it's a rough situation. I can't imagine it's very easy to be going through right now.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, tough. And unfortunately, like we said, prayers up for that family and, mm-hmm. you know, hope they, hopefully they get some justice there sooner than later. Uh, all right, who you got fallen this week, Justin?
1: My fallen is Paul George, who got engaged uh, on Instagram Wait. and the internet. <laughs> decided to
2: absolutely troll him wait a minute wait a minute Did you flip this from a positive into a negative real quick we could have our positive pg moment i was gonna let him live nope,
1: nope. and i was gonna tell you that right then and i said you know what i'm gonna let it wait no yeah he posts that some responses hey at least this is a for sure ring for him <laughs> another response damn she really got a ring sure before ring? he did <laughs>
2: Is it for sure? I mean, she could have said no.
1: She could have said no, and then someone else posted said, "Dude, really cheated on his coach's daughter." That'll never not be hilarious
2: to me. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I we we are not a, a gossipy podcast mm-hmm. uh, here on the Driving Dish podcast, but that uh, uh, yeah, I, there was a well. At least I don't have to worry about that anymore. I guess Doc's had a Doc sided. Doc is Billy gone. Now, so uh, yeah, PG is really. It's such an interesting NBA arc because I mean, there's no doubt about it with the playoff just dump, you know, standing at this point with the yeah. way it's been the last couple of years. It's just wild because this is the same guy who I feel like never had that issue in Indy. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he got the max out of those Indy teams. I mean, they were a game away from taking the LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, Miami Heat teams out of the NBA in the Eastern Conference finals. Like, they were going to be in the finals that year, potentially winning it all. Um, it's just such a bizarre arc the way that's gone, where I feel like he was yeah. such a, a, a clutch playoff performer to not be in one at all. Um, the, the internet's ruthless though. And I mean, yeah, Paul George is just, he's, he's Paul George and the Clippers are easily like they somehow made the Sixers not get slandered anymore. Like that's incredible. Um, uh, and a lot of teams got off the hook as well because of that. They were definitely, um and i mean they're gonna have to prove it next year like i mean it, it again know what the best way to shut this all up is for the clippers go bow and win the title go next win. year all out of your mind or just go crazy do like you... if paul george goes crazy in the playoffs and they lose but he goes crazy no one's really gonna fault him for that you know honest... you, or no one should at least
1: honest question out of the teams next year where do you rank them
2: i guess on paper out of the clippers yeah uh, like one or two still
1: mm. i don't
2: think they're any worse than two i think the lakers are one the lakers just won the title you got to put some respect on their name like well, that yeah.
1: i would say lakers are one honestly I still think they're
2: two honestly i think the clippers are two
1: i dude i think it's i think it's lakers one i would say probably
2: warriors two Oh, wow. You're going on this hill again. I like it. I'm gonna, I may have to clip this for this week. I love that you're still on this hill.
1: I Dude, I th- uh, how do you sleep you on really.
2: Them? I mean, I'm not sleeping on them. I just am not ready to put them up, up at two. I haven't uh, know.
1: You wonder how the guys come back from injury, but they have a, hu- a high pick that maybe they'll use. We'll see. But you pair that with Drummond. Like, mm, I, I almost want to put them two. And then, honestly, I'm torn between...
2: You want to put the Warriors over the Clippers and Denver? Well, are we just, are we sticking with West only? No, I mean, I'm looking at East too. I mean, I okay. didn't even talk about Eastern teams. I'm just talking about the West. Like I just happened to look at the conference, but I mean, I don't I think would, I put the I Warriors mean, over Yeah. Often, I don't think I'd put them over Toronto potentially. Uh uh that might be a little disrespect. I don't know. Like, I just need to see the Warriors play. Yeah. Like, if the Warriors go back to the to the 2018 Warriors, then, yeah, I obviously think they can beat virtually anybody. I don't know that they're better than the Lakers right now, and I don't know that they're better than the Clippers, but.
1: If I had to, just off the top of my head, not looking at the roster and what everything can, can go to, I think I'm going Lakers 1, Warriors 2. Uh, I got to put the Nuggets 3 then i want to say to me it's like a three-way maybe four-way tie with where i can't figure out where i want to put them is the clippers the nets the raptors and the heat and the bucks those guys i don't i don't know what order i want to put them in
2: The Nets are the biggest wild card other than the Warriors to me, but the Nets are an even bigger wild card. Because if the Nets get a fully healthy, like, full-strength KD and Kyrie given to the team that they had last year, like, they might win the whole conference. Like, the Nets could be that good and really make a run at this this year. Um, Again, the Nets are kind of in the I-just-need-to-see-it territory. Um, But, again, if KD comes back, I think I'm probably, like, I I think my top five right now is probably Lakers, Clippers, Miami – Denver, Boston, I, I was just chalky given how it ended last year. But yeah. I mean, Boston's basically got the same squad back. The only thing I'd worry about with Boston is, is a Kemba decline. Um, I, Denver, again, as long as if Michael Porter jr. Has the ability to get better as well, you can maybe get something out of ball Bowl on top of just the general development that we've seen out of Jamal Murray. Jokic is a top 10 player in the league. They, they yeah. really defended well. Like you saw what Gary Harris did. Um, you know, I, I don't know though. Miami again. I'm assuming that they bring everybody back. Like I'm I'm assuming Drogic comes back and they don't shake the roster up. Um, but I I think co- they showed come playoff time they're going to be really tough to beat. Um, Boston's going. Milwaukee. I'm just I don't know. I'm lower on Milwaukee. I feel like I'm kind of almost having them a little low at this point. You know, maybe they figure something out. Maybe they shake the roster up a little bit, but that's two years of disappointing playoff exits I've seen from Milwaukee. So yeah. I'm I just am more inclined to have Boston ahead of them at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that's where I don't know where to place them just because of the, the, the playoffs. I, I mean, if we're talking regular season that I almost want to put them number one because they had the best, you know, record, but um, we'll just have to see where, where it goes. I think, I just think, the Warriors, a lot of people forget because last year they didn't play great. I think this year is going to be like a Curry and Clay, just
2: like the monster. Remembrance Tour. What's that? No, that's the Remembrance Tour.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's, it's the, they're putting out, you're, you're thinking they're going to put out Stomatic. Like they're back. Like I know it's, mm-hmm. that's a hip hop reference with Nas, but like they're just, you got to remind everybody once in a while. Yeah, um, I think so. But, I don't know. I, they're they're not fully in the nets like the I really need to see a category, but I, I just, again, it, it's more of a, a just statement to how good the West is too. And maybe that's recency bias because, like you said, this has been the, the dominant team in the league for the past five years, so uh, you don't want to sell low on that. All right, the Sixers, I have hope again, Justin.
0: Mm. We're
2: okay. Everything is going to be all right. Uh, Daryl Morey has been hired as the uh, president of basketball operations in Philly. Um, Elton Brand has also gotten an extension to go with that. Um, I feel like people expected me to be mad about that, and I'm just not because Morey is ahead of him. Um, I think Elton Brand is a really respected player within the league, and so I think if he can learn under Daryl Morey, that is – You know, I I think that that's a a win-win type situation there. And it just feels like finally that there's someone on top of the chain. Like a lot of the question within the Philadelphia's management structure that I've had such an issue with is you just don't really know who the hell is making a decision. And so you just end up making bad decisions and we just don't get what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Daryl Morey, like, again, that Russell Westbrook trade was really bad. And there is still, I mentioned that last week and that is still sitting with me. Like I would be remiss to say that I think Houston is in a really bad situation right now. And I think that, you know, that that Chris Paul for Russ trade basically sunk any chance they had of winning anything there. But I also commend him, too, because he went all in against the Warriors. And I think that they're potentially a Chris Paul hamstring injury away from beating that Warriors team with Kevin Durant. And then who knows what this all looks like. He also is the architect of trading for James Harden, who I think uh, that paid off, to say the least. Um, So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I think he's respected. I think he believes in analytics. I, I think Houston has been consistently good. And just given the fact that, like, I could have been much lower on the Sixers front office. So just the fact that you have a competent figure in there who i think could reasonably understands what is going on and won't do something ridiculous like trade Joel Embiid or ben simmons for you know a dime on the dollar i'm pretty enthused about that and i'm a little you know ju- just when i thought there i was out they pulled me right back in
1: i see i'm like the the friend that keeps getting burned and like i saw this news and i was like i'm not even gonna believe the hype I'm not going to believe it until you show me.
2: You're better than me. You got out. You beat the addiction.
1: I I saw it and I went, I'm not falling for it. Don't, don't, don't put a nice shiny band aid on this whole thing and try to tell me we're good. Like I, I get it. Elton brand is respected. What good has he done as the GM of the Sixers? I, I don't know. And I feel like there's a lot of questions, like you said, with the 76ers and, and, and what is going into the, the team and what you put around the team. And I don't necessarily look at what Daryl Morey was doing with the Rockets. And I get like, you know, there was a, there was a theory with everything going on and it wasn't fully him. And that wasn't mainly his only decision, but like, I just look at the idea to bring in Westbrook and it, Before it even happened, we're like, there's no way this is going to work. Their games don't work together. It doesn't look like it's going to work. And guess what? It didn't work. So I'm just like, cool. He does have a long history in the league. I think it could be great, but I'm not going to believe it until it happens. We're already getting James Harden rumors to the 76ers. I'm like... Are we de- and like I think it was actually a uh, shout out to Liberty Ballers. I think they jokingly did this. Um, they put out a uh, a list of possible trades with every Rocket player <laughs> that played under Daryl Morey because it was like I mean that's what it what looked like, right? Like
2: I bring know, Covington right? home.
1: Yeah, but like to me is like how would you even justify? james harden on that team there's no money we don't have any money that's the other problem it's like cool we have all these ideas we don't have the the cap space we're.
2: no i don't believe it the sixers aren't trading for james harden i'm not i'm not going down that path i'm not in general roll. who we can't trade for anybody no but i think if, if they get off one of al horford or tobias harris it will open a lot up like enough will to allow they least the roster. yeah they, they have to you can't run the same roster back. Who are you, Who's going to be willing to pick that up? I mean, Tobias Harris is still a good player. He's overpaid drastically, but yeah. it's not like he it stinks. It's not something like that. Like, there are plenty of teams, especially young teams. So if you can get uh, one or two first-round picks out of it, why would you not do that? Like, Tobias in a first-round pick, if I'm a young team, I would definitely take a flyer What's... on that. Tobias is great in the locker room. He's a good player. He can teach guys. Like, he'd be good to have around your core. Tobias Harris just like is just overpaid for what he does for this current team it's not like al horford where like i think al horford is rapidly declining and it's an issue
1: yeah well and i would say i'm surprised i'm on the end of not believing in the sixers in this conversation i feel like i'm usually the one that's like hyping it up but
2: um oh i feel like i'm the one really i feel like i'm the one who goes through the mood swings i'm i'm (laughs) the classic i go i'm all the way in and then all the way out and then all the way in Wait till five games in when you're all the
1: way out with me again. I can't wait for it. I Um, I can't wait either.
2: (laughs) I'm so excited basketball is coming back until I see the Sixers tip off and then I'm just going to be miserable.
1: What I'm trying to remember from J.J. Reddick's podcast when he talked with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy said he had a conversation with a higher-up who made it feel like they were hesitating on whether or not they couldn't decide between Jimmy or you Know whatever direction they were planning to go uh, option wise, and that's when mm-hmm. Jimmy was like, Then I went out. I know if, if you guys aren't in on me, if you and then I went out, I don't know who that person was. i re- and, and again, I could be way off, but if it's Elton Brand, I'm upset that Elton Brand is still there,
2: of course. But I also think Elton Brand is going to have to run any decision through Daryl Morey, and yeah. I guess that's why I feel better about it. Like, I don't think Elton Brand is going to be able to pull off some coup of like some ridiculous like trade that would nuke the franchise without that going through Maury. And then right. if it goes through Maury at that point, then we have a bigger problem. Um, it's just like, I'm looking at the whole body of work and I I guess with Daryl Maury, like I am jaded. I don't think I'm as all 100% in as some Sixers fans are, because like you said, if I'm looking at my most recent experience that Russell Westbrook trade, like that contract is probably the worst contract in the NBA and they willingly traded for it. And not just traded for like, trade it, like traded a good player away. Like Chris Paul's contract looks a lot better when he's still a good player. I get yeah. that. Like, I also think him and Harden clashed. And so they kind of had his gun to his head. And I also think Tillman Fertitta is a terrible owner. Well, so I and, now granted, I think Josh Harris might be a terrible owner too. But until so I'm not of that, ready to shoot him that bail either. But, you know, I, when the Rockets sold the squad, it did feel a little different.
1: But I would also say if, if you know, Chris Paul and Harden were clashing – and there was chemistry problems there. I would like to know what went into trying to fix them. Because I feel like there's an underlying line of there might be a chemistry problem between Ben and Joel. And we don't know where that goes, how you fix that. And I hope they can fix it if it is true. But part of me wonders, like, if you weren't able to make Chris Paul and James Harden cool with each other, what, why and how would you make this work?
2: Well, I think you have to let it play out. That's the biggest thing with Ben and Joel is that I don't, again, my my point with them and that the hill that I've kind of maintained myself on is that I don't think this franchise has done a great job other than one half of a year Mm -hmm. of giving Ben and Joel the personnel they need to succeed. I think they made one go at this realistically when they lost in the second round of Boston. So be it. That team was limited and that's just what they found out in that round. There were certain things they needed to work on. Mm -hmm. And of course the next year with Jimmy and Tobias, like I think they absolutely went all in there. I think they had a, a great chance to win it. We saw what they could be together. I think that, My point is, and that I've always said, is that you just don't trade two people. Like, I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid actively don't like each other. I think that they might frustrate each other a little bit on the basketball court. But this isn't one of those toxic situations just yet, I think. I don't think they're fighting in the locker room. I don't think they're sniping at each other off the court. Like, I I still think it's very manageable. And I think that's one of those things where... You just need to keep them together. Like, I don't think you trade two of potentially the most talented players in franchise history before you absolutely know it doesn't work. And I want to see them with competent management. I want to see them with new coaching, too. No mm-hmm. diss to Brett. Again, I think Brett did a great job, but I would like to see them with another coach before I just up and blow them up. Because, again, I don't think that I don't think these players come along that often. Like, I've seen how many years – you know, I'm 30 now. How many of these players have I seen on the Sixers in my lifetime? Like, maybe one. Iverson. That's it. Yeah. He, Nobody else really at that level. Igodala was great, and Igodala was an all-star, and Drew Holiday was an all-star, and so he, they both deserve that respect. But, I mean, we're not talking about, like, I love Drew Holiday. I would love the Sixers to trade for Drew Holiday if he's really actually available and there's a way to do it. It doesn't change the fact that he's not, like, I've never really. thought of Drew Holiday as a top-ten player in the league. Like, I think Embiid has that potential. I think Ben Simmons has that potential. Okay. So... But Um, I don't know. Going to the Rockets, though, I do want to hit them real quick. Obviously, where Daryl Moore is leaving. uh, The Rockets made their coach finally, or coaching hire. Uh, Steven Silas is their uh, Houston's head coach. Um, You know, his father, Paul Silas, of course, a uh, NBA coach for a long time. Um, Mike, you know, replacing Mike D'Antoni, he's been an assistant in Cleveland, Washington, and Golden State, and then in Dallas the last three years before this. Uh, so he's obviously getting the opportunity to take the reins here in Houston. Uh, not really a super splashy hire necessarily, but I also kind of like it a little bit, you know, working under Rick Carlisle, like he's a really good NBA coach. And so anybody that comes from his tree, I'm inclined to be a little more enthused about.
1: Well, and yeah, I was going to say, you gotta be feeling good about what you saw in Dallas. Um, the development of the past few years, specifically of Luca, obviously, but, um, the team in general. So I think, you know, when you have some success story like that or something positive like that, you definitely have to give the coaches below the actual coach position, a, uh, a shot at it. I like it. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things though, with the Rockets, you almost wonder if they, if this is them deciding, okay, it's time to, no, nah, like start over, right? We're going to bring in this coach. He's going to be able to make a team or work on a team, start on a team that can be his, and we'll go from there. But then he comes in and he goes, the goals of the Rockets are the same as last year, which I would assume is, is you know, winning it all because you have James Martin. Yeah, Harden. he said they want to win a title. Right. Yeah,
2: he said they want to win a title right away can you
1: i don't think the rockets have a chance
2: can you and do you have those expectations are two different things the reality is is that you have james harden and russell westbrook both who are players into their 30s now and and so yes i think that their goal is to win a title with them because that's what you have to say Mm -hmm. like any year you have james harden on your roster in his prime your goal should be to win a title can they is an entirely different story i don't think they have the roster we'll see what they do flexibility wise but i mean it sure doesn't seem like they're currently built to win a title it didn't really matter who the coach is i think they're gonna be a good team next year like don't get me wrong i don't think the rockets are gonna fall off the face of the earth i still think they're gonna be a really competitive midwestern conference team but if you're asking me right now do i think that they're gonna beat either the la teams or denver in a seven game series no i don't think so
1: do you well and i would even say do you think they beat the jazz in a seven game Seriously. They might,
2: yeah. I, I think they're they're about equal to the Jazz. Okay. I think the Rockets, the Jazz. Honestly, Dallas might be might jump Dallas. both of them. That's the other thing too. Is like Dallas has Luca. Luca's a wild card, right to the top, the way mm-hmm. he's progressing.
1: Well, um, and, but but you know, talking about the Rockets, talking about the Sixers, both teams that probably have to make a decent amount of moves to figure out what team they want to roll out next year. Yeah. This quick restart is going to make that you know five hundred times harder you know Oh absolutely. So I mean those
2: are two other than the Clippers to me have the most questions going into this offseason because I think the Clippers have one year to figure this I out. I think it's like, the Nets. A, well, the Nets the Nets have questions, but the Nets have their core locked in. Yeah, well, like, I the guess, Nets okay, have major I on Katie and Kyrie Irving. I'm not really worried about either of them leaving necessarily. Um I think the Clippers have one year to get this or you really have to worry about losing Kawhi Leonard or Paul George and oh by the way you mortgage your future to make a run at this now so like that's interesting Houston and Philly are both in the situation where it's just tough like I think they've kind of really put themselves up against a wall in terms of how good they can get given the roster Mm -hmm. but they both also have blatantly talented players on the team like you know Philly is going to always have to go for it as long as you employ Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons they're too good not to go for it like you just can't waste talent like that you don't want to you know, what I used to say in the intro of this podcast, you don't want to get stuck in the cycle of perpetual mediocrity. And that's just where I, I feel like Houston is really close to that right now, which is, a, or it would force you to get out of that, to do something drastic like trade James Harden. Obviously if you trade James Harden, you can restock the war chest, you know, very, very quickly. I mean, that's yeah. the equivalent of a, uh, you know, you can get a, a Clippers thunder type hall of draft picks if you move James Harden, mm-hmm. but I'm not, like, it's really hard for me to move a top 10, arguably top five player in the NBA. Like, they just don't come along very often.
1: Not at all. But I think the way the Rockets are specifically, maybe not specifically James Harden, but I think you're running out of time like you were alluding to. Like, you probably have, if it doesn't work this year with whatever team you're able to flip and roll out, It might be time to move from Harden.
2: And those are the questions that you're going to have to have as an organization. I mean, they've said that's a non-starter. I don't necessarily believe that's a non-starter, but we'll see what happens. I just also am of the belief that, like, yo, you play it out as long as you can. You make sure that you – got to be 100% sure because, you know, you trade superstar, ask Oklahoma City what trading James Harden did for their next few windows and how that turned out. Like, you just – I don't casually willy-nilly trade superstars. And that's what's been the one frustrating thing for me the past few years, besides the front office with the Sixers being inept, is just everyone's so quick to trade Joel and Ben. And it's like, no, I'm not trading either. Like, no. Not unless I absolutely know without a doubt that I cannot win with those two together. And given the circumstances and that's going to be a question mark we're going to, have to see that here over the next few years because now again i think they have a front office and they have a coach so we'll see what happens it shall be interesting like everything else this year thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the driving dish nba podcast we appreciate you guys as always a uh, little preview to next week obviously we got the draft coming up so stay tuned for all our draft thoughts I uh, will be breaking down that more and more. Uh, get into the board a little bit. Um, if teams are going to move, uh, kind of go in depth a little bit more. Justin talked about the Warriors, of course. They're one of the main teams rumored as well. Of course, take a look at free agency. Like we said, with the schedule getting approved, we're going to have a pretty quick turnaround with everything. So we'll take a look at some of the marquee guys on the market this summer.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. It's um, it's going to be an interesting season. Like, do you think this season will be more crazy?
2: than the bubble
1: season?
2: I mean, it's no, I don't think so, just because I don't think anything can get crazier than that, like just having stopped in the middle of it and then being off for a couple months and then playing in a bubble. Um, I mean, there's a chance that we never see anything like that ever again.
1: Can you imagine if we run into a situation where it's like, you know, last 10 games, um, say it just for last year's perspective, the Suns, the... Trailblazers, uh the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, all within four games of each other, and then say like again, just for example, just picking someone random, Zion gets COVID and they don't make the like it would be so insane if if that's you know how it'd be a nightmare. Oh. Be a nightmare.
2: It it would be and there would be, I mean I'm interested because they did it with baseball in the World Series. I well, wonder if they don't, like, as they get to maybe the conference finals or the finals, if they don't bubble teams up. like Because yeah. at that point, you can sell them on, yo, it's only two weeks. Like, well, can you and, suck it up for two weeks? This isn't some massive four-month commitment where you're like, hey, you're going to be away from but like, four months.
1: But, like, basketball is different in terms of, like, yes, football is literal contact, like you're tackling each other. But in theory, you're only going up against half of – the team, You're never going to be in contact with the offense on the other team, where the NBA, I mean, you know, you could have potentially, by the end of the game, been in contact with literally everyone on the other team. That's why yeah. it shut down so fast, is with Rudy Gobert, is like, in the past five days, we can trace Gobert back to, like, the entire NBA in the past yeah. five days, so... It could be one of the like the NBA could be primed to be one of the the situations where like football, yeah, a few players are out here or there. There's a ton of players, so you just replace them. But like right. the NBA could be NBA. a situation where it is full on locked when something big breaks out, if something yes. big breaks out.
2: They're gonna have to be flexible. That's just yeah. the biggest thing about that. And I would wonder if they maybe don't you know it'll be interesting to see the role of two-way contracts this year too because like you said if yeah. somebody goes down quick you're going to have to replace somebody this isn't a massive 53 man roster like football step where you can throw somebody in like you know nba teams carry 15 guys usually so yep. um it'll like you said flexibility is the name of the game um Speaking of flexibility, you got a lot of options. So if you want to listen to this podcast, we're everywhere Amazon, Spotify, Google Play Store, Spreaker, TuneIn, Player FM. Of course, if you're an Apple user, listen on iTunes, download, subscribe, leave us a review, good or bad, we will re- read them on the podcast.
1: Yep. And be sure to check out lineups.com. They host us, like we said earlier in the show. They're great, uh, good fantasy perspective on all sports. So check them out, lineups.com. You can also find our podcast and every other one of their podcasts on their YouTube page, lineups.com on YouTube. I
2: think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? Be a star side. Okay, well,
1: I'm out of here. Hey da da
0: da Hey, let's go, while we're yours All right, all right, I think they get the point <laughs>